Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Chewing the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been, yeah. This is Black Country Blokes Chewing the Fat. With me, Kev Dillon, Lee Cadman, Craig Pinches. And today we're very lucky to have on our guest, Andy Plant. Now today's subject is um, one that often isn't talked, uh, talked about enough. It's about child abuse. And we, we want today, yes, it is a fucking horrible story. However, we want to talk about some of the strategies that's helped you to get through life. And hopefully by talking about these things, it will bring other people out to talk about it. To you, Andy. Yeah, hi. Uh, firstly, thanks for uh, inviting me onto the show. It's, um, yeah, it's good to be here. Um, been looking at some of the stuff you've done. It's quite inspiring what you're trying to do. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm pleased to get involved, and I hope my story can help somebody else. Well, that's what I think the beauty of talking is. We talked on the phone. I mean, we haven't seen each other in almost twenty years, and we were saying the problem is that we have is we feel like we're these snowflakes. And whatever I'm going through, no other bugger has. And that, that isn't the case. No matter what you're going through, there's so many other people going through these things. And I think by allowing yourself to talk about them, that opens a conversation. And no matter what it is, someone else has been through it. So thank you again for coming on. No worries. So would you like to tell us about everything? Tell us about your journey, please. So, yeah, um... My journey started with a youth club. Um, I was in top year primary school, so I would have been nine or ten. Uh, and I was groomed by one of the youth workers down there. Um, and then subsequently, for the next couple of years, I was I was abused amongst with uh, you know a group of other people from the area, Kinswinford. Um, and it went on till sort of the beginning of secondary school. Um, and then he, he did get caught. You know, it came out, um, and there was people that spoke up. And yet at the time, I, I didn't have the courage to, to sort of speak up and do it. Um, and then that led to a, you know, a whole lifetime of self-loathing, self-abuse, self-blaming, embarrassment, shame. And shame is the biggest thing that, um, shame keeps the silence, you know. And that's, that's the biggest thing to deal with. So yeah, um, so then after that, yeah, I spent, <laughs> Pretty much half my childhood, you know, dabbling in drugs and always looking for something that, that you know, you never knew what you were looking for. And it kind of like makes me think of one of the Alice in Chains songs, uh, Heaven's be- Heaven Beside You, you know, Heaven Beside You, Hell Inside. Mm. Um, and I suppose you could take that as you're always looking for that thing. You're always trying to run around, trying to find something. I'll be better if I get this, I'll be better if I do that. The better if I have this or use this, but you know, wherever you go, whatever you do, it's always inside you. And yeah. It's not till you sort of confront it and, and you know, deal with it that you can move on. So yeah, um, spent all, most of my childhood, you know, dabbling in drugs, and it went on to my adult life, yeah. and I never really admitted the level of my depression. You know, it is as we were speaking about earlier, masculinity. You know, you sort of got to man up, you got to get on with it. You know. Um, 
And as, as you probably know yourself, depression, it comes in waves and bouts. You know, you're up, you're down. One minute you're riding the crest of a wave, the next minute you're, you're drowning in the swell. Yeah. It's not, it's not sometimes with depression, it's not just a black place, is it? No. Sometimes it, and I think people like ourselves, you can fool the world because they see you being this chatty bloke yeah, and absolutely. rattling, but they don't know the devil that's inside of you. Yeah. And as you say, and the shame yeah. doesn't want everyone to see that part of you. So we hide it by being Jack the Lad and yeah. the soul of the party, but they don't see when you're sat at home on the couch. Yeah. I think Andy uh, is definitely that. Andy's my brother-in-law. Um, and you definitely, every time we go out, you speak to just about anyone who's standing next to you. That's you're it. definitely, you, you know, you're, never, you're always friendly, happy. Mm. Um, and the other, there was the odd occasion, didn't turn up to family dues, which now is probably down to uh, depression, but I think at the time I just thought, well, you know, you work seven days a week, you're knackered, you ain't going to turn up to, to all these things. But uh, And this is this is where it all laid, you know. Um, I was kind of like a high-functioning dysfunction, if you will. You yeah. Know, you, you sort of burn the wick at both ends, so then, you know, it ties you out, but over the years, you know, I've, I've, I've got on. You, you, you might think I've had a bad life. I haven't. I've had a good life. You know, um, I've made the most of what I've had. Uh, there's been amazing, happy, happy times. But then again, you know, the low times, they get lower and lower and longer and longer. And the older I've got, the longer it's, it's, it's taken me to get over things. And the heavier the burden really became to carry. Um, and uh, someone said to me the other day, I think it was you, Kev, wasn't it? You know, where did you find the strength to finally, you know, deal with it and, and confront it and, and speak out? And I, and I said, you know, it wasn't the fact that I found the strength. I didn't have the strength anymore to go on. I'd, I'd, I'd isolated myself, as you just said, Lee. I'd isolated myself from friends, from family. You know, I was, I was making up excuses to stop at work just so I could get more wrecked. You know, I didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to socialise. I was missing out on my family, my kids. Um, and then towards the end, you know, I spent weeks contemplating suicide. Uh, that was a scary place to be. That's that's a really lonely place to be. That is, you know, you don't want to die, but you don't want to go in anymore. You know, <laughs> you've truly hit rock bottom when you get to that point. You know, and as I said, I've got stuff around me. I've got a great family. I've got an absolutely amazing wife, amazing kids, cars. Got a good job that paid good money. Got a house. What more do you need? You know, when when you're down, you're down. You don't see none of that. You, you're on your own. But you just say it's like what what more do I need? But we go on what we think what other people need. Yeah. What why am I moaning? I've got someone who loves me, I've got children of Well, it goes back to that devil inside, doesn't it? That once you deal with that, then you can move forward. But if you've always got that thing, well, how many pound notes make me happy? How many grams make me happy? And until you can get that sorted, or you can lay that to bed, or you can move on from it, N nothing's ever enough, is it? No. I think it, you, you can all, you can be, like you say, you can be happy, you can be around people. You know, I, I can't remember if this is my original quote or whether, it, you know, it's, it's somebody else's, but it's something like, um, you know, those surrounded by the most people can often feel the most alone. Yeah. It's probably someone else's quote. Um, Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll But, um, yeah, like, it's always, you've got all these, these great, you know, variations of things around you, your family and your job and whatever, but there's always that call. It's like a phone ringing that you have to answer. 
within you and as soon as you answer it, boom that's that's when the demon starts talking to you and the devil starts talking to you that's see that's obviously not nor as you know i don't come from the same kind of storyline as you with with my problems but that's what it is with me it's like I could feel when that phone's about to ring and when it rings I answer it and it's the worst thing you can do because that's when the voices start talking to you and it just drags you down and down and down until you hang that phone up but it's finding the courage to hang that phone up mm-hmm. and then join society again and, and yeah. join your family and it's not on gratitude I think that's important to note because I have a lot of people say to me like um, what what you got to be down about you got a beautiful family you got this you got two beautiful kids and I said yeah and I'm ever so grateful you know I know what I have and I love them to bits, but that makes it a lot worse for me because then I'm riddled with guilt for feeling shitty, you know, about it, and it, it's just a spiralling effect, isn't it? Yeah, it so. becomes a vicious circle. It becomes self-perpetuating, doesn't it? It does. It drags you down. So what was the... You said he was not having the strength to carry on, but what what was it? Those suicidal thoughts and not wanting to leave? I don't know. You Can you explain it to me? What was the tipping point to go and think, now is the time as a... Late thirties, man. Uh, well, the reason being, it, it was you know, um, childhood sexual abuse. Abuse has been so much publicised lately. You know, it, it was everywhere. It was on social media. It was in the newspaper. It was on the telly. It was in the radio. There, there was there was no no escaping it. No peace anymore. You know, no no little quiet space to go and shut off. It was always there, and that was one of the things that was dragging me down. And then you know, when I finally finally gave up. I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, and the wife, you know, she was like, "Come on, you're going to be late for work. What's going on? You know, come on, get going." Uh, and I just said, "Look, I need some help. I, I, I was it sink or swim." So I couldn't say the words. You know, I, I, it took me some months to actually say the words myself. Um, but she, she, she was about in that era. She knew, you know, the sort of things that had gone on, and she, she got it out of me. And then from then, you know, obviously we went to the doctors. The doctors have been fantastic. With the GP? Yeah, doctors. GP. Um, and Charles, uh, my wife, she works with, with vulnerable children. So obviously she knows the sort of, you know, the places to go and the people to speak to. Um, and she came across a company or an organisation, a charity called Black Country Women's Aid. <laughs> so, you know, I got in touch with them. Uh, and they've been absolutely priceless. That You know, that they're, they're so instrumental in my recovery. It's just unbelievable, you know. And what kind of things have they encouraged you to? Has it been like group sessions? Was yeah, it's, it's been it's been a whole collective of, of things that I've done. Um, initially, I was I was given a caseworker, so you know I was having regular meetings with a caseworker for weeks and weeks. Um, then I, I went into counselling. Um, I, I had a few months of counselling uh, while still you know having my meetings with my caseworker. Uh, and in the meantime, you know, you, you've got to put the work in and do your own work as well. I was, I was reading, I was, I was studying, um, you know, I was just trying to learn from anything that I could. Um, but since then, you know, I, I've realised that it's, it's not just about your mind; it's about your body as well. So I've joined martial arts. So, you know, I've been getting into to martial arts. I've been trying to grow as a character. And I've just not been isolating myself, you know, speaking, speaking is key. Connection is the word, I suppose. Connection is the key to growth, you know. Um, so, yeah, from there, then, you know, I started talking with some of the uh, some of the counsellors from Black Country Women's Aid, and we were talking about, well, we were talking about getting a peer support group going. 
because the, the shocking thing is there's that many people in the black country area that have been through what I've been through uh, and there's not there's not enough help out there so what we're trying to do now well, you know we've got one group session going which I'm, I'm part of currently uh, they're trying to get more groups going and that they're looking for facilitators uh, so they can train up and you know get more peer groups going and get the support out there so yeah that's kind of where I'm at at the moment and I think it is wonderful when people can help people um, we've talked about it haven't we and I've said on previous shows, how can it be cheaper to make a tablet to give it to people than to have people sitting in a room? How can a conversation be more expensive than making a tablet? And I think by having like trying people like Nick Davis, who's been on here, and he's wonderful people from women's what's it called? Black, women's, Black women's women's aid. Surely that's the best form of medication knowing that someone gives a toss about you yeah. and having like-minded souls to talk about it. You are saying about books. What what books have you read? Oh, God. I'm reading about psychology, uh, philosophy, uh, motivational books like Ant Middleton, Russell Brand, uh, you know, anything, anything that's, that's, you know, got an inspirational sort of theme to it. Autobiographies, you know, anything. Everything and anything. Soul food. I think a lot yeah. of it as well, because um, of myself, I've been nearly a year sober actually next month, well and I wasn't, I don't think I was addicted, I think if you, it's a, it's an odd one, because if you looked at how much I was drinking, you'd probably say I would, but I didn't have any, when I stopped, I didn't have any come down off yeah. it, but actually you find, like I've read a lot more now, because I think you find, you, you, what do you do with your time, what yeah. do you do now, you know what I mean, and you I think you fill, you your, fill time your time, that's right. So I find, I find myself reading a lot more than I used to and, and doing things like that. And it's, I suppose it's the same on your, yeah. on your thing, you know. Reading is um, it's a lost art. It's a good escape. It's, it's a good escape and it's one that people don't tap into now um, because everything's on Google. Mm -hmm. You can sp you ain't got to type it now, you can speak it. You yeah. know, Google, this and the other. And information is, is so accessible now that we, we struggle to filter out what's, what's real, what's good, what's honest, you know what I mean, what's not. If it's in a book, it's usually, you know, it's published, it's usually an honoured word as mm -hmm. such, isn't it? Whereas the internet sort of killed that reading. So therapeutic reading, people don't do. Mm -hmm. So that yeah. that's a form of therapy that people don't tap into because of these little devices yeah. that we've... Well, not knowledge is power, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like your counselling, you know. The counsellors can only show you the door. You, you've got to walk through it yourself. Um, so, yeah, pick a book up, read it, yeah. digest it, learn, grow you grow, you move forward in life. Uh, I think this is the, the key to, to sort of getting yourself better. And have you started to feel better now? Now that's, you've yeah, walked through the door? Absolutely, I'm, I'm in a really good place lately. So much so, you know, uh, I, I want to make it my goal to help other people. Mm. That is where I'm trying to go in my life. Um, you know, if, if my experience can help even one person, then it, it's surely to God it's all worth it. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I believe, if you can help one soul, then you know we've we've done a bloody good job with what we were doing. I uh, mean, but, sorry, Kevin, back back to like back to like when it happened and that, and you you sort of became this recluse and you just became a wild child to get away from it. What was it that stopped you speaking? Up? Was it the the fear of ridicule or was it the shame or? Would you yeah, I suppose was, you know now in clarity yeah. what it possibly is. It, it was a host of things. It, it was it was the shame. Um, it, it was the fear of being judged. Absolutely. Um, 
one of the biggest things was, you know, my parents were sort of splitting up themselves. Um, and although they were still together at the time, there, there wasn't the, the, you know, the big arm around the shoulder, the consoling, you know, yeah. the, the compassion. If there had been a bit more compassion about it, maybe I would have spoke up at the time. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's, you know, it's, it's, it's not passing the book. It's not blaming anybody. I just didn't speak up because I didn't. Um, and then obviously, you know, the longer you hold a secret, the harder it gets to tell that secret. Yeah, of course. You, you held on to that for a long time as well. Yeah, that's, uh, 28 that's, years. That's... 28 years. It's a long time. Long it's a long time. time. To hold that on your own, isn't there it? was there was times, you know, when I was 18, 19, you know, I was, I was like falling to pieces quite a lot uh, back then. Um, you know, I was, I was falling into the to the, the depths of heroin uh, and things like that. Um, and I made a really lame attempt at cutting my wrists, uh, and it was more so to, I, I wanted some help. Um, and because of the, you know, the trauma that I was going through at the time, and my mum and dad still splitting up and all this sort of stuff, you know, even when I was at school, it was my behaviour was deemed because my parents were separating. That's why I was off the rails. And you know, when I was falling into this trap of getting into the heroin, and you know, I made this lame attempt to, you know, cry for help. Again, it, it was put down to this, that, and the other. The drugs. It was put down to my lifestyle. And even then, I still didn't have the courage to speak up. So you know, over these years, my wife she's been she's been golden, um, you know. But there's only so much they can tolerate, uh, and with having kids, you know, she's growing up quicker than I'm growing up. Uh, and you can imagine it, it caused quite a bit of contention in the household. Where she, you know, why are you doing to this to us? You know, why are you doing that to the kids? And at the time, I was so blinded by my own need for doing what I needed to do that you know I didn't see where she was coming from. You know, my argument was, well, I'm not doing it to the kids because I'm not doing it around the kids. But ultimately, I wasn't present for a lot of the time, you know. So, yeah, um, you do, you start losing yourself. And not being much. present brings a bit of guilt into you. I know myself yeah. from, work, from just work, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, you, you you get wrapped up in that. And before you know it, like, really, Alfie's first year, I was running pubs at the time, and his first year I missed. I pretty much missed his first year, just work and and that's where that's where the insomnia starts for me is because all through the day I can be busy or not present or in my own little world or just on a different planet then on a night when it comes time to settle my mind my body's tired my mind's racing and then yeah. the guilt kicks in and then I think of all the times throughout the day that my son's with dad can we play in a minute dad can we, can we do this in a, a bit minute. later and yeah. That, yeah and then you think you, you don't think of it and you carry on your day and then on a the night he's sound asleep everyone's asleep you're alone with your own thoughts. That's when the tears start for me because I'm starting. You know, the kid wanted to have a kick about for ten minutes. Yeah. He's my son. He's my best friend, and I couldn't even put my own troubles aside or my whatever my whatever I was doing at the time to do that. And then the guilt kicks in, and that that infuses another yeah. vicious circle. Yeah. Well, this is where I was at. You know, night time was was the worst time because you know you try and shut off. Yeah. You get, you get the washing machine head going all these thoughts so I, that's why I used to get stoned and pissed you know so then you could shut off at night because I mean quite often when in my younger days when the wife did tolerate it a bit more she'd be like you know why do you need that you've just had one well you know if you weren't absolutely mongol then you weren't going to sleep yeah so over the years you know when it did start causing problems you know I've been I've been into therapy before I've been into you know counseling I've done this that and the other and and it never really worked because I was doing it to appease her not not myself um, and, and the reason being because I'd never divulged the truth to the true fact it was like putting a plaster on something and then ripping it off before it's healed 
and it can't start healing until you've sort of you know got in there you've got all the poison out you know you've treated it so that's so true i think you've you can't you can't deal with it unless you've got the underlying problem and i think unless you get the underlying problem you will keep falling back on it because why do you get why do you get stoned i don't know it helps me to sleep but unless you've got that that thing right to start off with everything else will crumble under it. Can I just touch on something you said about, um, sometimes the Eddies, uh, the, the people who groom, they, they target the vulnerable, because we, I think as a society, we think like um, the paedophile or the groomer is that dodgy bloke in an anorak, pulling outside <laughs> with um, a van, getting kids in. When we talk on the phone, it's normally someone in a, a position of trust, mm -hmm. the family friend, and I think that's why a lot of people don't talk about it because you you know that person from the youth club or from that organisation, that priest, he's built up with trust. Yeah. And they normally pick out the vulnerable people. Yeah. Could you tell? Well, me? nine times out of ten, it is somebody that that, that you know the victim knows, um, and it's not necessarily just the victim that they groom. In some cases, they they even go as far as grooming the parents. Um, so you know they're very calculating. They're, they're very sly. And as I say, they're, they're, normal's not the right word, but they are people in society, in normal jobs, normal roles, i.e. teachers, police, you know, uh, the medical profession, you know, it's... it's, it's people of trust. Yeah. And that's yeah. where the real heinous thing is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's a mani uh, manipulative nature, isn't it? I mean, like, prior to all that happening, how would you describe yourself? Would you describe yourself as a, a quiet lad who was into his studying, or was you a bit of a jack lad, or uh, you know, I'm just just trying to get the yeah, stereotype? Well, of, I, mean, of I, was, you. I was, I was your typical nine or ten year old little lad, you know. I was, I was, well, I wasn't naughty, but yeah, I was a bit of a jack lad. Um, but again, I, I was, I was quite a quiet lad. But yeah, um, not necessarily confident. No, I wasn't. Be, I wasn't. You know, he put me in a room full of people, and I was I was the quieter one, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I probably was quite vulnerable at the time. But the trouble is, you know, when you're that age, children are. You are naive, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Of you are naive. I mean, I think it's I think it's a good, I think it's good that you've decided to to come out and say it after spending twenty eight years with that to yourself. I mean, that is a long time to keep. To keep a secret especially when you've got to try and justify as to why you're acting a certain way and as to why you're in a certain mood at a certain point without giving the reason you know yeah. that does take a lot of courage a lot of resilience from yourself so well, i just hope from my story that you know there's people out there that can see that that they're not alone yeah. you know, there is help out there you don't need to suffer in silence and there is a road to recovery it's not all doom and gloom and life's beautiful yeah Life is beautiful. I often say that to people. I say, anyone who says life isn't tough hasn't lived enough. But anyone who also says life isn't beautiful and rewarding also hasn't lived yeah. enough. Because every day is a miracle. And we're still here and the sun still rises and still sets. And we've got to focus on the beauty in the world. Yeah. Survive the bad and enjoy the good. The road, the road of life's a bumpy road. Mm. But, you know, would you want a smooth road? No. You know, it's all part of the enjoyment, isn't it? That you know, this bumpy road of life. You know, it's it's a journey. And what's proof of that is a motorway versus country roads. 
I'll drive country roads for three hours before I'll drive one straight motorway road. So yeah, yeah you, you have, analogy. you know, so you have got to embrace, embrace the twists and turns, you know what I mean? And I mean, people are going to try and make it hard at some point or another to certain degrees and you've got to learn to build up a resilience against that and, and just be aware for yourself, you know, but I, I think like you say, life's beautiful. I say like the way nature is, you know, we went to um, an exotic zoo not long ago and it was on about, I don't know if it's a little monkey or something and they, they drink, they got like a really long tongue and they drink like the nectar from the flowers. Well, upon doing that and filling the face with pollen and as they run around, they're scattering the pollen and helping things to grow again. And I think that shows you how beautiful and how in sync nature is. It's the humans that are not in sync with each other. And yep. that's where the problems come from. You know, mankind's a beautiful idea, it's the humans that spoil it. And I truly believe that because y- y- you never know where you stand and you're always thinking, well, he's a good person and I stand deal with him, or do I? You know, nature's in, in sync with each other and life, it's the humans. You know, I think that's, that's important to, to digest. So what I do want to mention before I carry on, on the cliff notes, I think that's the right term. I'm not very good with all this stuff. Wrong, but yeah. we're going to, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't let the truth get in have a good story. Like that's your intros. <laughs> but what I want to do is in the cliff notes, I want Andy's going to write on all the organisations he's either been to or he can think and try them. If one doesn't help, try something else. Because, as we are saying about knowledge, we must try things to make ourselves feel better. Yeah. I think we mentioned in previous, you've got to find your own medicine, haven't you? And find your yep. own your own path. Um, what what works for one works. doesn't necessarily work for another. And that's everything. That's everything. Yeah. Can I also ask you about fear, Andy? Because after going through something like that, I, as I say, my brother-in-law, I know you don't really, or you don't come across as you you have any fear. You'll try pretty much anything. You know, you you've had. I don't want to say fads because that's wrong, but you've tried a lot of things, haven't you, yeah. in terms of guitars. Yeah. So Andy can play pretty much any instrument going on. <laughs> <Yeah. by now. laughs> I can play my face. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, fear. Uh, Do you think that's linked to it? That fear. Obviously, you've had that experience. And um, it, does that... Or do you think that wouldn't make any difference at all? I've no idea, to be fair. I've never really thought about it like that. Um, my fear, my fear, my greatest fear... He's not doing things, putting myself out there. It's, it's not even hurting myself. My, my biggest fear is judgment of people and fitting in and acceptance and rejection. Mm-hmm. Those are my biggest fears in life. And, and I'm pretty sure that most people in life would tell you that that's exactly their fears as well. Yeah. Not feeling the odd one out. Yeah. You know, and that, even though people won't admit it, they do specific things that specific actions that they take in life you know are designed to fit in you know having smartphones okay we we need it for connectivity because a lot of people we know use smartphones but a lot of it is it's that FOMO thing into that fear of missing out Mm. you know what I mean I think it's more having the latest smartphone isn't it yeah Yeah. having the smart you know you everyone's looking to get the the fit in by getting the the next best everyone's scared of something and like you two saw, it, rejection is gonna, it is a big part of that. You know, me me doing art and, and music and stuff, I know that for a start. Even though I don't say, oh, I don't care what people think of me. I do, because if I didn't, I'd have a lot more material out than I've got out now. But the fact that I'll make 20 songs and not put one of them out shows you how much rejection I'm scared of, even if I won't admit it. 
out loud. Yeah. I think something we touched on the other day, and it, it, as soon as Andy said what he said, like fear, not front of getting hurt. You strike me as someone who, um, we put a confident mask on, but really what we got, what you've got is a lot of courage. And what you'll do is you'll push through anything because you don't want an opportunity to let you go. And you strike me as a man full of courage, uh, like to pick up a guitar or to do this or exactly what you're doing now. You've got a pair of bollocks and you're willing to use them kind of thing. And I think that's a, because anyone who says they're not frightened is trying to say you something or in proper black country words, they're full of bollocks <laughs> because we all have fear. Yeah. But some people sit down with fear and some people stand up with it. Some people won't do it, some people will push through it. He's used to me as that kind of man. It's, it's, it's like the Rocky film when he said, fear is your friend. Frankie, fear is your friend, it keeps you on your toes. It's just how you are, honestly. Yeah, you can either let fear pin you into a corner and shit yourself and, and be scared to do anything, or you can say, I'm scared of doing that, so I'm going to do it, mm -hmm. in order to move forward. And you seem the kind of guy, from meeting you tonight for, the, for half an hour, you seem the kind of guy that's I'm scared of that, so I'm going to do it. I'm different with certain things like <laughs> spiders and big rides and that. Ugly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. women. <laughs> I've never had many of them. Oh, yeah. I've had stacks. They <laughs> <laughs> were ugly on the night, though, was they? <laughs> with the beers. <laughs> what I'd like to say, I mean, it's been wonderful talking to you, and I'd like to get you back on at another stage. But what um, have we got a quote to finish us on? today yeah firstly i'd just like to say you know if there's anybody out there that's that's dealing with these type of problems you know as i said reach out there is help tell somebody um i can promise you that it's not going to be an easy road it's not going to be a smooth road and it's i can promise you it probably will be very painful but i can also promise that it's definitely worth it you are worth it life is worth it and as um mahatma gandhi once said to find the best in yourself and to find yourself, you have to lose yourself in helping other people. Uh, thank you for having me. That's wonderful. And until next week, gang, try a bit. Listen, listen, listen.